What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Vernon and Damo back on the show. You know where to find us on Twitter. We're not going to waste any time. We're just going to kind of get right into it here. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, well, first of all, today is what? It's Tuesday, right? Tuesday. And the Wizards play the Portland Trailblazers tonight after coming off an impressive win against the Brooklyn Nets. But really quick, I just kind of wanted to go over the the past few games to see kind of how we got here because the mood has kind of shifted on Wizards Twitter and I'm not really sure why. But let's go ahead and backtrack here a few games. So a few games ago, uh, John Wall had his first game uh, against the Wizards and uh, well, he, he looked pretty good and the Rockets ended up getting the win and that was without Christian Wood who is, I mean, by far the, their best player. Um, and then we lost to the Pelicans by what, almost... 20 points, I feel like, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they destroyed them. Yeah. Um, which I kind of called. The last time, I think you had said that we were going to squeak out a win, and I was like, now nah, we're going to lose by double digits. And I, I mean, I guess just more of the <laughs> yeah. reason for that, because if we had a healthier team, I would probably more agree with you, but like guys were still out at the time, so I was like, nah, they got no shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I thought some guys would kind of play above their weight. Um, but, you know, you, you would know. think that eventually that would come. <laughs> but, I mean, Jerome Robinson, I think that was the game he had, like, what, 16, right? Yeah, but it was kind of like, you know, you down by 15-plus most of the game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, then after that, the Wizards got an impressive, um, an impressive win. And I'm not... I don't like discrediting a team when they win. I, I like to give the team credit when they win. Of course, Joe Harris should have paid more attention. He should have been more patient before making that pass. But nonetheless, Garrison Matthews was paying attention. Um, got the steal. Westbrook hit the three from the wing to give mm-hmm. the Wizards the win. It, it was an impressive game. Um, it, it was pretty much just... Um, Beal, Russ, but then I mean, you also had tone setters like Mo Wagner was huge. Ish Smith was huge. I actually I give Ish Smith most of the credit to be honest with you because if he didn't come in and get some of those early buckets that he did, I mean, you're probably looking at the Wizards being down almost thirty points, and then by then it's like, yeah, they're probably not coming back from that. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, I believe Ish, I believe, had the highest plus minus on the team. That yeah, he was incredible, and that was the Ish Smith that we saw last year, and so. Yes. This is why, like, the the early hesitation with him, like, t- to put Neto in over him is because I'm like, man, like, I know Ish can get back to doing what he does. So I don't know what it was per- in particular at the game of this, at the beginning of the season. I don't know if you can put it on any one or, or two things, but I'm glad that we saw the Ish that we saw last year the other night because now I don't think that there's any way you can justify having. Neto in the rotation, especially now that Garrison Matthews is playing um, a, a key part of the rotation. Yeah, so it, so Ish, you know, I was looking up some some lineup things and kind of looking at what made Ish effective last year. I think he's best when he's he has to be on the floor with shooters because he's a true point guard. So like he's a prober, he gets in the lane, he like a little jitterbug, he gets in the lane and. 
He does his little uh, uh, Harlem Globetrotter impression, and he runs around and he finds shooters for dump offs or, or kickouts. Um, but if you're gonna stick him on the floor with Russell Westbrook, Robin Lopez, and you know, say Rui Hachimura, that's gonna be a problem for him to to maximize what he does best. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's got to be on the floor with guys that can put it up from distance um, and spread the floor out. And I think Scott Brooks did a lot more of that in that game against the Nets. Like you saw more Garrison Matthews, you saw Ish on the floor more with with uh, either Beal or uh, Bertans, um, as opposed to him being on the floor. And then Wagner too, because Wagner can shoot it. He doesn't have to camp in the lane like a Lopez. So it just it just made it allowed Ish to do what he does. And it's almost the same logic with Russ. Like, Russ has to be on the floor with guys that can space. If you're going to put him on the floor with a Lopez and and, and an Ish, like, it just it does him no favors, it Just especially when you don't really run an offense. Like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but they don't, they don't run sets. They literally just give it to their guards, and they run pick and roll, pin downs, and or, or Brooke Lopez post-ups now. Like that, that was the thing, too. So, like, if you're gonna do that, you need to maximize your guys by having the right lineups out there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm see him out there. And the so the thing about the floor spacing thing now with Westbrook and Westbrook is shooting threes really good now. Um, all of a sudden, and for what uh, reason, I, I do not know. And that probably won't hold up, uh, nah, to be honest. I, but I but. It's good to see that he's like at least shooting confidently and he's giving you like one or two a game. Like even if it's like two for six, two for seven, like I mean, I'll still take that, I guess. Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at the attempts. My my issue with him is when he takes them. Right. Yeah. Like like even like in the Nets game, he took one and I'm sitting down there with my wife and you know, she knows I can get a little frustrated watching the Wizards. And so it's like when Russ came down right before Bill Hit his three. I don't know if you remember the one before that. Russ took that quick three. Yes. They had like yeah. 40 seconds left in the game, and he just pulled up. And I'm like, it was only yeah. like, it was like 20 seconds left in the shot clock. It's like, dude, what you doing? Yeah, it drove me nuts. Yeah. It, I, when they, when he did that, I was like, the game is over. I, I was convinced the game was over. But then I think we got to stop. And then that's when Bill came down, hit that three. And then, boom, right after that, steal. Russ again. He hits the three redemption. So it was just like, whoa, before I could even really get mad about the bad three he took, just in the next like two minutes, the whole game swung. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's those shots like that where I'm just like, why, man? That's like a turnover to me. Yeah. But um, so where I was going with this was, and we, I think that all three of the centers are playable. And I know that last year, they had a three-center rotation where they had Bryant, Wagner, and Mahimi. But now, obviously, they have um, Robin Lopez, Mo Wagner, and Alex Len. And I think all three deserve to play in some capacity. But I, I want to ask, and I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that the Wizards should at least just try starting Mo Wagner just to see what – because we talked about the spacing with Russ. I think in the second unit where you don't really have I mean, your best shot creator in the in the second unit is is Schmidt. So my thinking is, if you get someone who 
can maybe get you a bucket at the end of the shot clock or something like that. Like at least you have Lopez to dump it down to in the post and his hook shot is almost automatic. So that was kind of like my thinking with that. I mean, do you think that's something that they should try out? I think they should personally. I just don't think they will. Only thing I worry about with Wagner uh, is is foul trouble against yeah. going against starting centers in the league. Yeah. Like they're, he's going to get attacked by starting centers. Um, so that's what I would worry about. I don't know that he could stay out of foul trouble enough to give you to be a starter. Like he needs to play against reserve fives, um, to maximize him. Uh, so I wouldn't start him. I think actually Alex Lynn would be a better option to start, um, because he's a big body and, you know, you're not just, uh, you're not just moving Alex Lynn out the way. He kind of, he plays, he plays with verticality pretty well. Um, yeah. For his size. He's just not a guy that's going to stretch, you know, stretch the floor or nothing. But I like his a ability bit. more than I like. Yeah, he do a little bit. I mean, but I like his ability more than I like Rob uh, Lopez's. So I was I would start Lynn and then Wagner would still come off the bench with Ish and Bertans. Because I think those three function best against second unit. I, I, I wouldn't mess up that chemistry those three have together. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And if you had a playoff game tomorrow, I'm 100% starting Alex Lynn. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when I play 2K now, like, you know, you can edit the lineups before you get into a game. Like, I put Alex Lynn as the starter, and then I have yeah. Lopez and Wagner kind of come off the bench. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. I was just – because I would definitely still rather start Alex on. Like, that would be my first option. But, like, it, it wouldn't hurt to just – explore it i guess and that was a thing last year with wagner too and he hasn't had that much opportunities this year um but last year i mean definitely i mean if he got early minutes i mean he's in foul trouble just like that yeah so yeah yeah, i understand the hesitation and i wouldn't take lopez completely out of rotation like i i feel about lopez kind of the same way i feel about bonga like their matchup plays so like when you're going against certain guys you know say you're facing 76ers where you're gonna need lopez you need a body to throw it and beat uh, you know, you're facing, uh, you know, the Nuggets. You need a body to throw a jokey. But I don't think he's a regular rotation guy guaranteed 20-plus minutes every night. Like, he's just not that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why I say, like, they should just roll with the three-center rotation at least until you can figure out more um, of, of what you got with your guys. And I think it's pretty explanatory what you got with your guys. But, um, I mean... Alex Lund's contract is guaranteed for the rest of the season. So, I mean, he, he's going to play. So Yeah, and um, shit, man. Can we get some more Rui at the five? Like, it worked against the Yeah, I, I can agree. Can get some more of that um, with Bertans and, and Matthews and Beal and Russ? Like, can we get some more of that? Like, you know, some innovative lineups? Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they work, man. Like, just use them. You got the bodies, use them, man. So... I guess we can kind of transition to that um, real quick. We can talk about the Young Guns um, real quick, the the two draft picks from the last two drafts. We can talk about Rui and Denny. Um, let's touch on Denny first because um, I, his skill set is still too valuable, and you say it all the time, like, unless you're basically Trevor Ariza, like, your skill set on the wing is just, it's not valuable to him. And they're still trying to make Denny a spot shooter. And even though Denny has... 
he's still making like over 40% of his threes. I'm not sure exactly what the percentage is now. I, I couldn't have dropped down too much. Um, but he, anyway, he's a guy who needs the ball in his hand sometimes. And um, yes. like he, he just he doesn't get the ball enough for my liking. And I know you have Russ and Brad on the team, but then like put Denny and Rui in with the second unit more. Like have mm-hmm. Bonga or Matthews come in earlier or whoever it is and Berton's come in earlier and then let Rui and Denny kind of run the second unit a little bit. because so I just feel like neither of them get the ball enough. And it's kind of yeah. annoying to watch because if they're going to keep going with this approach and it's like, well, no, we want to contend, we want to contend, we want to contend, then eventually you may as well just trade both of them for vets that are going to help you. Um, because yeah. if you're not going to use them and they're not going to develop under you, then eventually they're going to end up being called bust. And they're not bust. They're very talented players, but they need to show that they have talent and they just don't get those opportunities. It's really frustrating to watch for both of them. Yeah, I mean, in some sense, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Sadoransky, Troy Brown all over again, which was which which was, again, my issue on draft day, like when they took Denny. And I understand the talent. Um, like, we know what he can do and how he needs to be used. But my viewpoint has always been, like, we got a coach here that turns every wing. He wants every wing player. If you over 6'5", he wants you to be Trevor Reza. And it's annoying. And then it's like, you don't run an offense, so you don't run plays for him to to even do that. He just, You just kind of just stand in the corner. Just wait on the ball and, you know, you get what you get. But it's like, come on, man. Like, that's not what you drafted him for. I'm sure that's not what Tommy Shepard envisioned his role being, you know. But I get, you know, he's a rookie. He got to pay his dues. But, man, you can maximize this offense and his roster a lot more than what he's doing. And, you know, get Denny, like you said, in the second unit. Get him moving with the ball, and, you know, passing, cutting. You know, get him, get him, get him with some touches, get him with some rhythm, putting it on the floor a little bit so that, you know, you're maximizing. But, you know, you saw what they're doing to Troy Brown. He's at the end of the bench now. So, you know, then he, he got pulled in that fourth quarter. Really, the whole second half, he didn't really play much. Um, So, no, it looks yeah. like that's where we're headed now with this. Yeah, it's very... uh it's very tough to watch and it's got to be frustrating for Denny and Rui because again, like they have talent. They just don't get the opportunity to really show it. A guy who does get the opportunity to show his talent and has been probably the most disappointing wizard on the team this year. Take a guess. Uh, It's not Russ. You said a guy that gets to show his talent minutes-wise, but he's been the most disappointing? Oh, I'm going to go with Bertans. Correct. Bertans has been shite. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, That that $80 ain't looking too good right now. No. And I tweeted this the other day, either yesterday or something like that. Like, why is every long-term investment that we make turn into garbage? (laughs) Like, Otto Porter, John Wall is gone. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. why and then Gortat the ones you ended let up go, being bad. Then the ones you let go, they go ball out like Bojan and now Wall and <laughs> it's like yeah. God, Ubre for at least a year or two. Uh but yeah, I, I think uh I don't know, man. I, I I'm hoping that 
Did he actually have COVID? Is that confirmed? Like he had COVID? I don't know if he had COVID for sure. I just remember that he really just couldn't do anything in the offseason because like he just couldn't get into a gym or or didn't have the guys to work out with him or whatever. Um, and I know he came into camp kind of out of shape. They held him out for a little bit. And then they kind of just put him out there, and it just it just hasn't been good. Um, and then obviously he went out with COVID protocol. I don't know that if he had COVID then. I think it, that was just a contact tracing thing, and he ended up yeah, having that's a like, like, was it just a contract tracing precautionary thing with some of these guys, or did they actually have it? And there's possibly going to be some lingering effects with it. Uh, I mean, because I think it was just tracing. Because if he had COVID, I think they would have kept him out longer and made sure that his conditioning was better. And it's clear his conditioning his conditioning isn't good now. But like, I mean, they felt comfortable enough as soon as he was ready to put him out there. So because I'm like, COVID is not going to help his conditioning. If he was already out of shape and then he gets COVID, which is going to in some way compromise your lung capacity, like he ain't going to get no better no time soon. So no, you know, I don't know. I mean, I. I don't think we're at the, you know, at the point where it's like, damn, that Breton's contract, you know, it's a sunken cause where you're kind of looking like it's looking like one of them Ryan Anderson contracts from, from Mahimi or Mahimi contract. I don't think we at that point, but I, I think he's definitely going to get better as he gets more in shape. Cause I mean, I'm looking at his numbers now, like he's only shooting 33% from three, Oof. Uh, you know, he's he's his free throw percentage. He has 77% from the free throw line. So that to me tells me he's hurt. He's not, it's not right. He's what was he right. at last year, free throw wise? Like 82, 83? He had to be close to 90, man. Like, he was one of the best free throw shooters in the league, if I'm not mistaken. It has, mm-hmm. it has been. Uh, oh, okay. So he was 85 last year. And then the year before that, he was 88. So, yeah. like, for him to be down to 77% from free throw, like, Something not right, and he's down. He's down a full ten percent, um, in three point percentage. He was forty two last year. He was about forty three the year before that. Like, yeah, he's not right, and I don't. I don't think he just learned. He just forgot how to play basketball all of a sudden and lost his jump shot. I just think he's just not it. So, no, um, yeah, um, because I'm not questioning his talent. It's just kind of like uh. Like, it's not really a matter of if, it's more of just, like, a matter of when for me. Like, when are we going to see the the Bertans from last year? Because if we get the ish that we had from last year, if we get the Bertans that we had from last year, and then you add Garrison Matthews to that, and, like, I don't want to, because it's not going to happen, but, like, a consistent Mo Wagner, I mean, your bench is still probably going to be one of the top in the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, if we could just get a lineup that is like, if we could get two lineups that can just stay healthy and play together for I don't know, ten games straight. Like I was looking at the lineups yesterday, and it's like the Wizards don't even have a lineup, a five man lineup yet that's played fifty minutes together this yeah. season. I mean, you got m- multiple teams that got lineups that have played two hundred minutes, hundred fifty minutes. We don't have one lineup that's even played 50 minutes. So that just going to show you how much turnover has been because of injury and COVID and all that crap. Um, so hopefully we can get some continuity. You know, maybe we can actually practice some plays and run some sets. And then, you know, by, I don't know, March, 
you know, we playing some some decent basketball, guys are in shape and you know, lineups are set, rotation is set. Cause right now it's just still kind of up in the air. Yeah. And then um so kind of transitioning here uh, away from player evals for a second. And let's just kind of talk about the bigger picture here. Because after the win against the Nets, Wizards, I mean, part of Wizards Twitter seemed to think that now all of a sudden everything is fixed and we're going to be fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's really funny to me because it, the Wizards of Washington are still 4-12. and 12. Like, they're right. still tied for the worst winning percentage in the NBA. Like, they are they are not a good team. They're not making the playoffs. They're not doing it. Um, maybe yeah. they can get the 10th seed, maybe. I um, think they can get but, a play in, but I don't, I don't see them being, you know, before the year, we had, I think we were six seed, maybe. I think Bray Wright, maybe a five seed. Like, that's done. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, um, I mean, I it's think they not happening. Continue. I mean, because right now, the 10th seed is the Knicks. Like, we think they're going to keep winning. I think Chicago right now is nine. You got Hornets eight, Cleveland seven, and the Hawks are six. I think the top five is pretty set from the Pacers on up to the Sixers. Like, I think those are the five. Those five teams, to me, have kind of distinguished themselves, unless they get, like, a major injury. Um, But then outside of that, those from six on down, like – I don't really see no distinction with those teams. Um, so if the Wizards get healthy, yeah, they can get to a play-in for sure. But uh, I don't know about them being a bona fide team where you're like, yeah, they're going to, you know, they're getting a round two or they're going to beat, you know, one of those top five teams in a first-round matchup. I don't see that at all. I mean, I still don't even th- I think at the end of the day, like if I was betting money today, I mean, they're not getting to a play-in. So you so you even think uh, – uh, matchup is off the table for them. You think they won't even make it? Yeah, no. I mean, th- they'll finish either 11th or below. Mm, let me see. Uh, yeah, because right now, damn, I didn't even realize the Magic fell off a cliff because I think the Magic at one point was like top four in the conference. Now they... Well, they were, yeah, the, so... yeah, they were the top, I believe, at some point. So 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 even this is this is so wild. So even at four and twelve, they're they're uh they're only two games back of the Knicks, two and a half games back of the Bulls who sit at nine. So that's why I, that's why I think a play in is very viable, but it's like, is that what we really plan for? Like we're a capped out team. Is that what Bill is here for to to do a for a play in, um, right? Again, there's like there's there's no direction. It's it's going to be to the point where they're stuck in purgatory because they're not going to be bad enough to warrant the number one, number two pick in the draft, but they're not going to be good enough to be considered a consistent playoff team. So again, right? What right. what are what are we doing? What are we doing? So you're like so then you're basically like you're like the Pacers, but on a lower level. You're kind of Pacers. Yeah. You're the Pacers with a top 20 player and then kind of just, you know, meh around him. And, you know, you're, you're, you're playing for a play. Uh, you're not, you're not bad enough to get a top pick. You're not good enough to, to, to get to the conference finals. Um, 
So where do you go? I mean, your only way out of that, to me, is via trade. Similar to the situation the Sixers was in when they gave out Horford and Josh Richardson and all of that money, and they had, what, five guys on $100 million contracts or close to. Yeah. Um, but that's kind, of, that's kind of been my point. Like, what are, what are the prospects this summer? Because I think it's pretty clear now, based on everything that's came out, that's come out, the Wizards aren't trading Bradley Beal this, this season. So... I don't think they are either. Yeah. Uh, they're not doing that. So how do you get out of this purgatory? <laughs> it's either either you trade Russ and nobody wants him right now, or no. you trade Bill for picks and you just reset the deck. Uh or or and this and this is like the you know, this is the the Avengers endgame one out of one million <laughs> probability shot here. You know, you you somehow pull off a, a miraculous GM hire this summer and somebody wants to come play for you here and you make a, a blockbuster trade, you know, or, or s- some great trades to get off of bad money and bring back some guys that can help you similar to what Maury did two weeks on the job with Philly, you know. But it's like... It, that's hard to really bank on. Is that really a plan or is that a shot in the dark? <laughs> and so they also have a salary filler because they can use Bertans to, to get most of that salary. If you got a guy that's making like something in the twenties um, that you want to go and make a move for. But the only way that you're getting like a big time fish like that is if you are willing to part with Denny and Rui, like I said earlier, because there's no other way you're getting a guy here because they, they have no other assets on the roster. And what's to say, who's to say they can't do that? Like, I'm not, me personally, I'm not married to, to any of these guys if the right piece became available. Yeah, like, no, I, I I'm, not. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> like, I, if, if you were to give me the two choice of like trading for another max level player and giving away Denny and Rui or just keeping Denny and Rui, getting a new GM in here, getting a new coach, I mean, I'm picking that option. You're you're taking the reset the deck like just hope hopefully Russ plays his value up and at some point you get off his money and then you're 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 banking on 2023 2024 maybe you're you're in the 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 Chet sweepstakes and the Imani Bates sweepstakes. Yeah, I mean, who's again? Who's even really to say? Because we know how talented some of these young players are. I mean, say you do the Nuggets trade and you get. Michael Porter, and I'm not saying this is how the line will be or whatever. I'm just using mm-hmm. it as an example. Say you suck enough to get Jalen Suggs. You have Jalen Suggs as your one. You have Gary Harris as your two. You have Denny at the three, Ruby as your four, Brian at the five, and Michael Porter as your sixth man. And then you have quality bets around that. Who's to say this team can't be back in the playoffs Michael, in, in the next couple of years? When you get Michael Porter Jr., he's starting. No, I, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm just <laughs> But I see what you say. Yeah, or you move yeah, Denny yeah, yeah. to Denny to six man, or you just don't start Gary Harris. I mean, either way, I'm just saying. Yeah. Who's to say this team yeah. can't be competitive in a couple years? Yeah, they could. Um, but but we know what it takes to win in this league, and it's top twenty players. Like, you know, you could have all the young talent in the world, but if them guys ain't ascending to that level of top twenty, top fifteen, all NBA level, then you're the Pacers. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not in a rush to do that either. So my thing is, it's like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of in the middle. Like, I'm like, okay, we're not trading builders this year. You got the summer, which I always felt like was their plan. They wasn't going to make no drastic, no, no drastic move in season. You know, summertime comes, you can fully evaluate. Because what's to say, do we know what Russ health is like going to be two, three months from now? Is Russ, say, say Russ two, three months from now is putting up 27, seven and seven again on, you know, decent efficiency. Does that change your calculus or how you move this summer? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it has to at, at that point, but just, I mean, based off what we've seen, I have no reason to believe that that sort of thing can happen. I mean, he played, he's played really well. Um, the past couple of games. I, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Credit where it's due. He's played really well, but it's two games. And I mean, I know yeah, it was yeah, against yeah, the yeah. Nets, I mean, we, but we like. Got, we got two games going up against the, what, 10 of them that he played before, or eight that he played before, but he looked like a disaster. And um, it's like Beal and Russ <laughs> still, still put up 70 something points the other day. And the only reason that we won was because Joe Harris was being a moron. That's that's right. oh yeah you that, stole that's one. it you stole one that we stole one there and we but usually we're on the other side of those yeah um, I was I was waiting to lose so let me throw this hypothetical out there and this is this is that one in you know this is the Avengers Endgame one in one million uh, <laughs> probability say say you know we we get healthy we get a consistent lineup going no major trades or anything. You go into, uh, say you get into the playing tournament. Russ is looking good. Say you have a situation similar to how the Suns ended their season last year, right? Say you don't make the playoffs, but you look really good down the stretch. Russ had about, has, you know, uh, a month and a half stretch where he looking like MVP form, you know, consistent buckets. And Brad, of course, still doing his thing. You go into the summer and you got a, another lottery pick. Uh, you got Denny, you got Rui, you got Thomas Bryant coming back healthy. You got Russ, who is saying he's healthy and look good for a month and a half, close the year out. Bill obviously saying he wants to stay. And you got an open GM and head coach spot. Do you say to yourself then, uh, yeah, we we'll trade Bill anyway. Or do you say, all right, who can we get here to really like make the necessary moves to cash some chips in and make this a contending team? Because we got two All NBA guards here, and it's it's time to go. Or do you do you punt on it? Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm still rebuilding. I can see. That. I just, I, think I, I don't. I just. We've seen enough Wizards basketball, and and I know it's different. I know they're trying to go through this whole culture change or whatever, but like it's still, it still just feels like the same old Wizards. It's, <laughs> the, the, they're not, 
consistent enough for me. And even let's talk about adding quality players because they've added some quality players over the years. They just get here and then they suck. When they get here and they're misused, which 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 was my point about you have an open head coach in the GMs. Um. So do you? So you don't think there's a scenario where some of these guys, like a Denny or even a Rui, to some extent, who we feel are are misused because we don't really run nothing. Uh, they are misused. They yeah. Could, yeah, that they could be maximized by different coaching, where all of a sudden. Those guys, you know, I think Denny is averaging what, like six points a game right now, or something like that. It's it's something terrible. I know that. Yeah. So so you raise his profile, all of a sudden he go from six points per game to, you know, fourteen points a game, and and Rui becomes close to a twenty point. You know, Rui hits seventeen, eighteen a game. You know, does that raise your does that raise your profile as a team? Does that make you? You know, not a playing team no more, but now a legitimate top four seed in the conference. I mean, I think, I mean, it would, but I just don't see how that happens, especially when you're going to have Thomas Bryant coming back next year and Bertans is still going to get a lot of touches. I mean, what 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 is a new coach going to come in and do? You're going to tell Russ and Brad not to have the ball? Because I think that's the really the only way that that happens, because Again, like we, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it in the sense of, of Scott Brooks, like because I'm, I'm of the mindset that he's not back. Like so, so I'm thinking of, uh, like a a, a Paul Silas 2.0 situation, not a Paul Silas, Stephen Silas, his son, situation 2.0 situation, like a coach that comes in young, innovative, off either the Spurs bench college ranks, some of the guys you mentioned, you come in here and you run you run a real offense where guys are getting multiple touches. You know, we don't where it doesn't require Bradley Beal taking 25 shots a game. You actually have a defensive scheme. Like what because because my question is, is it the talent? Is it the lack of talent or is it the coaching in the system? Because I still don't really know the answer to that for me. I still think it's more the coaching and the system because the team has talented players. But again, you can have talented players. That's all fine and dandy. But do you have the combined makeup to seriously compete for a championship? Even if you were to give us Brad Stevens or Eric Spolster tomorrow, we're not even making it to the second round probably. It's, the the makeup of the team from up to down, in my opinion, is still just it's not championship worthy. It's not conference finals worthy. No, again, no, so no, no. you ask I mean, yourself only, again, the bigger it's only picture. Five teams that are championship caliber, right? Like let's I mean, let's be real here. The Lakers, the Clippers, the uh the 76ers, and the Nets. That's probably it. Right? So after that. <laughs> Because I don't even I wouldn't even put the Bucks in that in that tier. Like the moves they made to me don't really move the needle. No, I'm me. not a honest person. So I, I I still think they're a second round exit. Uh, so so if we talking about like legitimate 
if they won a title, you wouldn't be surprised. It's really just four teams. And that's how the NBA is every year. So I don't know that the Wizards can even – the Wizards aren't going to get to that next year. They're just not. But could they be in that next group? I don't see why not if, if, if moves are made. Because, again, I'm not married to Davies Bertans. I'm not married to Denny. I'm not married to Rui as players. Like, those guys can be moved. If the right if the right player coming back becomes available, like a guy I was just mentioning um on Twitter, say Carl Anthony Towns after this season says he don't want to be in Minnesota no more. You don't think the Wizards could put a package together to go get him? I mean, they one hundred percent could. Assuming they had a real GM with some juice, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, like. I'm not I'm not thinking Tommy Shepard only play the safe moves and do the obvious things and keep your draft picks. But I'm talking about somebody that's like a like a Maury type that's aggressive, that's legitimately trying to make moves to make you a contender. Like I don't think the Wizards have ever had that type of guy here. So I'm I'm thinking in those terms, because my thing is if they blow it up. Right, and they get draft picks back, but they keep the same small market mentality with, you know, mid GMs. We're gonna be ten years later, and we're gonna be in the same spot, having the same conversation. But for me. the Wizards have been saying for years, <laughs> we want to get to the conference finals. We want to win a title. We want to win. The farthest they've gotten was the second round. They've never gotten to the conference finals. Right, because they, to me, they never made the necessary moves. To 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 be the aggressor and go get that 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 piece to put them over the top. They it tried getting Rui. Al Horford. He didn't want to come. Yeah, I mean they 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 tried they tried the KD stuff. I mean, and that was just that was <laughs> again cool. they didn't even get a meeting. Again, this is more than about just like a new guy coming in here and like getting guys. I understand that that probably has a, a lot to do with it, but I'm saying like for some reason. Ted can never can never bring guys here. And even when he does, again, then they end up sucking. And then when we have players that we think suck, they go somewhere else and then they play well. So there, there's just something about the way our basketball operations are ran <laughs> overall. Like, but to me, that, that starts at the top. Like what Brad Bill said, it starts at the top down, right? Yeah. So like if, if you're the, like there's a, you know, it's the haves and have-nots. Like, the Wizards have been the Wizards, so Wizards, for 20 years now. And to me, a lot of that is from ownership, not caring, really, and kind of just letting Ernie do what he does. And, you know, not having a guy in place that really has some cachet around the league, some real juice, and that aggressive mentality to not operate like a small market team. Like, it's the same thing with the Pacers. Like, Paul George talked about it. They had an opportunity to get Anthony Davis, and ownership told them no. That's too much money. Like, that, you had an opportunity to pair Anthony Davis with Paul George, and you said no, and you wonder why you never went. Yeah. Like, and I feel like yeah. that's the mentality of the Wizards. So, for me, if the mentality is the same, and you're just shuffling the deck with draft picks and more young talent, what is really going to change? 
Like you're going to get some young guys in, they're going to develop and you're going to decide not to pay them, decide not to put the proper pieces, spend the money to put talent around them. And then they're going to go somewhere else. So they're going to request the trade because they're not going to be as loyal as Bill. And then again, we're going to be 10, 15 years later and we're going to be having the same conversation. But I mean, I think that's kind of a little unfair to the young guys because we don't even know what they're going to be able to do. Like we don't know. And the longer we keep their abilities kind of not being used and not being implemented in Mm -hmm. the system, I mean, yeah, they're never going to be good, but it's at least the best they want to be So what I'm saying is, like, you trade Bill, right? And say, say, say it's blow it up time, right? And then you go and you re- you give Tommy Shepard an extension, and Tommy goes out and get gets his guy a head coach, I don't know, some middling guy, I don't know, and you bring that guy in, and you trade Bill for some picks, you get some young talent in, and one of those guys becomes a top twenty ish player. You got to go pay them the max. And then what? Are you still going to be making the same kind of safe, basic moves, overpaying guys, missing out on free agents? Like, if that's going to be the case, then all you're doing is just creating another John Wall, Bradley Bill situation. But I, I just, I don't think, well, I, I don't think Russ and Brad are ever going to lead us anything. I, I just don't. I think they're... Great players, I don't. T- I just think completely as a whole, they just don't. They they don't have it. I mean, I can see that. I can see that logic. Like, I, I look at it this way. I I don't think Russ is a player you build around, but I think Brad. I think has shown an ability that you know I've, I I view Brad as a top fifteen player, and that's in spite of coaching. So. I would like to see him with an actual real head coach, like a legitimate coach that runs plays, has yeah, you know an innovative mind. Like, cause Kobe Bryant had Phil Jackson, you know, <laughs> Dwayne Wade had Pat Riley, Brad Bill has Scott Brooks. Like, come on, you know, it's it's only been one player that I could think of all-time great that was able to win titles with mediocre coaching or bad coaching, and that's LeBron James. Like, you name me the elite player that won a title with a Scott Brooks-level head coach. Do you consider Nick Nurse a good head coach? Uh, Compared to Scott Brooks? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. See, it's really hard to it's hard to compare anything to Brooks because he's so terrible. Like, like, like if if Scott Brooks couldn't win with Kevin Durant, Harden, and Russell Westbrook in their peak <laughs> and Ibaka, how the hell he gonna win with just Brad Beal? Yeah. So that's that's and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, like again, if the mentality of top don't change, all you doing is just shuffling names. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take the head coaching job serious, like, and go get a legitimate guy with a vision, with a plan. And then, and then, you know, the players, you kind of fall in line and you get your talent, but they got to be maximized. Like, if, again, if you're going to be doing the same type of garbage hires at the head coaching spot and 
general manager, like you just trading Bill for some more guys that's going to be in the same position five years from now. And that's if they become as good as Bill, because that ain't a guarantee. No, but I mean, there are several teams that have been competitive over the years and have been like consistently good, but they don't have necessarily like we have don't a want top that. player. We don't want that either, though. You want to be the Pacers? I don't want to be that. I still think Rui can be a really great player. I really do. And Denny, like I, I think they both have a when lot you say of potential. Great, when you say great, do you mean like Sabonis great or do you mean top 15 all NBA level great? Like I just what do you I mean, mean like when you say great. <laughs> like all-star level. Okay, so then I think that's not that's not great then. That's that's good. I don't I don't consider that great. Like like a Pascal Siakam, Sabonis, Chris Middleton type. That's just good. But, but good players also, don't win titles. It's hard to evaluate because they never get the ball. So it's it's hard to evaluate that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, how do you evaluate these guys when you don't run anything? Right. <laughs> so it's like they just out there, man. They out there playing YMCA ball. What's the play? Get a ball to Russ, get a ball to Bill, and just stand in the corner. Like, I, I don't know. I can't really evaluate on that. Because it's like, to me, like, Brad is your first scoring option, but my second scoring option when everyone is healthy is Rui. And that's just, that, that's the way I would run the well, offense. Or is Bryant. I mean, but Bryant, to me, is more of a finisher. He's not a guy you just give the ball to and get out right. the way. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's yeah. what I said uh, whenever we recorded a while back and we were touching on that. Like, he's a guy who can still get his points, and, and you can give it to him sometimes, but he's kind of more of a – he benefits from what other people do with the ball. He's not really a guy that yeah. you want going out there and trying to create because we saw that in the bubble, and um, he, he did it okay in the bubble, but at times in the regular season last year, like, it was just a disaster. Like, he's just the guy you want either rolling – rim running or popping. Yeah. And I mean, he can still get you he 30 that way. He doesn't have to do anything fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Then, Like Rui. Yeah. But, but then is Rui, Rui, if he's maxed out, is he good enough to be the number two piece on a title team? Cause I don't, I don't know that I believe it. Like I see Rui as kind of like a like a Paul Millsap. Like I think he's like he could be like a third piece on a on a good team, on a title team, but I don't see him as like the number two guy on a team that's in the finals. I mean, I would have never viewed Kyle Lowry as that either, and yet here we are. So Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. Well, no, because Kyle Lowry was more of a number three. That was when they won that with Kawhi. It was Kawhi one, Pascal two, Lowry three. So, yeah. I would consider Rui better than Pascal, though, like right now. Oh, yeah, right now, because Pascal been playing like some garbage. But, I mean, the Pascal that was in that NBA Finals, I mean, that was a that was a all-NBA level player right there. What happened to him, man? My God. I don't know, man. You know, scouting reports catch up, man. <laughs> That's why I be telling people, you got to be I able guess, to do it for more than one year. 
mean, then that's up to your coaching staff to like and your player development team to like put together a plan to get your player better. Because that's mm-hmm. what happened with John Wall. Like the scouting report eventually kept kind of creeping up on John Wall every once in a while. But then John Wall would try and add something different to his game. Like remember when I mean you never would have considered John Wall ever posting up anyone. And then after we got Andre Miller mm-hmm. in here, then John Wall kind of developed somewhat of a post game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, scouting reports catch up, man. It's it's hard to be a consistent 20, 25 point per game player year in, year out. Like, it's hard to do. So it's not a lot of people that do it. <laughs> Unless you play the Wizards and Scott Brooks. Then it's yeah, I mean, not yeah, out of the yeah. realm of Yeah, everybody looks like an All-NBA player versus us, but... I just think, and that's why, and that's why to me, when I say with Beal, like for him to go from, what was he, like 13 points a game as a rookie to now he's averaging 35 points a game. Um, that's impressive, man. Like it's not a lot of people that can do that. And to think you just going to go in the draft and just find another guy that can do that. I don't know. <laughs> like the draft, the draft is every bit as a crapshoot you know, as it always has been. So, you know, my thing is, for me, I think, for me, as far as the team moving forward, you got to get rid of Brooks and you got to go get a real head coach, I mean, a real general manager with some juice. Um, If that's Masai, great. If it's not, there are other names out there. But you got to address that first because if you don't, we're going to be five years from now talking about the same stuff. 10 years from now, talking about the same stuff. So, and it's going to always be so wizards. Like, I want to just cleanse the fan base of that. That just so wizards, oh, woe is me. We never going to be good because we're the wizards. Like, I'm sick of that. Like, this is Washington, D.C., man. Like, it should be, we should not have that mentality here. But we do because for so long, we've never taken the positions that matter serious. You know, the owner hasn't taken the team serious. And, you know, hopefully that changes this summer. Hopefully. Golly. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the most conservative way you can play it um, if you want to give your fans hope. I mean, at minimum, you need to bring in a new general manager and a new head coach. That, that's like the minimum for me. If it's anything less than that, I, I could not believe in anything the that minimum. they're telling me. They should have been doing that this year. But, yeah. you know. Whatever. But I mean, at minimum, you're doing that. And then I'm evaluating everything. Everything is on the table, including trading Brad Bill. Like everything. Them young guys, you may or may not be here. If a, if, if a player is available, like I say, if Carl Anthony Towns, this summer say I'm done with the Minnesota Timberwolves, even though I got, I think he has, what, four years left on his deal or three years? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm making that call, man. I'm making that call. Like, yeah. I'm doing it. Well, I think you have to if the if the idea is that you want to win now. I think you have to. Just the, the debate overall is like, do you want to win now? Or do you just want to kind of rebuild and at least you give your fans something to look forward to? And I'm just, I'm on the ladder with that because I just don't think that even if you get a third piece like that, I'm just not entirely sure how good we are. Because we'll have yeah. no money to upgrade the roster. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd be like any other team with three stars at the top of it making big money. You know, you'd be like the Nets. You'd be like 
the Heat. And the Nets are not very good, so. <laughs> yeah, they're not very good now, but you know, you know, if when them buyouts start, who they gonna go want to play for? They gonna they gonna want to go run with KD, you know. I mean, and you get those guys for cheap. Like we always say that every time these big threes form, you know, oh, they ain't got no bench, and then all of a sudden these buyouts happen, and then where do they go? <laughs> they go they yeah. go on vet minimum to these these big you know these super teams like that's just what happens so you know uh, somehow some way these teams be finding money and like i say i just think that requires if you want to put yourself in a position to be that type of team that destination you gotta have a general manager here with some juice man that can make some stuff happen make something shape because i i think tommy's a good guy but i just think he's just He's just the bare minimum. Like, he's just solid. Like, he values first-round picks, you know, but he's like a player-safe guy who has an acumen for international talent, right? Yeah. But I don't see him two, three steps, moves ahead, you know, like a Daryl Morey or or Sam Presti or Pat Riley. I, got, I, don't, I don't really see him in that, in that realm. And I no. think you need that to be a championship roster. In addition to the coaching, so. yeah. Um, I mean, I would still even I would still bring Masai in, and if I mean, if Masai wants to trade Beal and deal do away with Russ, I mean, then I'm I'm on board with that. I'm for it. I'm I'm all for it, man. Masai to burn that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? He may come in here and he may look up the roster and he may say, "Yeah, you know what? We got." a couple young guys and well, we got the number one pick in the lottery and we really want to take a point guard. We really just want to move forward with our franchise. And I want to put my stamp on this roster. And so mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how we can win a championship with Russ and Brad on the team. Therefore we're just going to send you guys off and get some more assets for the future, or maybe some veteran bench pieces to help mentor the young guys or whatever. But yeah, um, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I do think that, if you trade Beal now, it probably lessens the chance that he would want to come here. At least give him the option to make his own evaluation of the roster. Decision. Yeah, cool. and let that's him that's why I'm at with it. Bare minimum, like let the new guy come in and make that determination based on what you know he evaluates with the team. Like, and maybe that's really why they haven't dealt him yet because maybe they know they have kind of under the table talks and they think can progress pretty quickly and they can get something done. But, you know, part of that deal is don't touch anything until I get there kind of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would be okay with them doing now is like trading any of the veterans that are on expiring contracts or moving like Brown or Bonga or something like that for like a piece in the second round pick or something like that. Like I'm doing. Yeah. 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 You can still do those. Like the, the margin. You know the, the you know on the on the on the crust of it like those moves like if you want to if somebody want to take Lopez for you know for something in a you know to get you maybe a second round pick back or something I don't know whatever whatever that is like you do those deals but I'm not doing no major deals with a lame duck head coach and lame duck GM like I'm just not doing that um yeah I'm I'm. I'm not doing that. Maybe maybe a free agent signing if somebody get bought out, you know, you can bring them in on a, you know, vet minimum deal or something. Something like that. But I'm not doing no major uh deck shuffling with with a coach and GM on their last year. 
Yeah. Um, it just we'll it, it takes away like the instant gratification thing from fans because it's like we want something. We either want to win and we want to be good, or we just want you to admit that we suck and we want you to start blowing it up. And it's like we're still just. Right. But you don't want to be in the middle. <laughs> and I'm right. Just... And and it seems like we're in the middle. But if there's a reason behind it, like again, if they have agreement, maybe like they have some sort of agreement with Messiah already, or at least candidates that are like, yeah, yeah, we'll come in an interview for it. And if we like you well enough, then we'll go ahead and take the job, like that kind of thing. Like then I get it. Because yeah. Beal is still in his prime. He's only gonna be like what, twenty, twenty eight next year? He'll be age twenty eight season. Right, which is crazy saying because it feels like he's been in the league forever, but he's still not 30 yet. So it's like he still probably has about like four or five years left of of quality, like all-star, all-NBA level, level basketball. I mean, yeah. So. Dirk Nowitzki was finals MVP at age 32. Yeah. You know? So, like, and, and the way to, you know I mean, you see, how, you see how Kevin Durant looking right now. How old is he? He what 30, 32? I was gonna say like 33, I thought maybe. I think he's I think he's about to be 33 this year. And that's coming yeah. off Achilles. I mean, does he look like he's slowing down anytime soon? He looks like he hadn't missed a step. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't think Bill, unless unless there's an injury, I don't see Bill being a guy that like, oh, once he hits 30, oh, he's not the same guy anymore. Like that's not that's not he don't play that type of basketball. You know, it's it's all skill based. So um I mean he has time. I just don't know. I don't know what he knows. You know, maybe he knows something we don't know and I don't know, but he's definitely seems to be quite loyal to this fan base, to this team and to this owner, and I don't know that they deserve it. <laughs> I don't know that Ted yeah. deserves that, but no, I don't think. No. I mean, again, if I were Brad, I mean, I would have already made the decision to like request a trade and move on. But I, I think that the, the interesting thing that I see, like in the comment section under the Beal tweets, and, and this is kind of true, so I understand. And it's like, well, people complain when stars leave to join other teams, but Brad wants to stay, and then suddenly it's a problem with everyone. I get it yeah. to an extent, but like. Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal are different. Like, Kevin Durant had been to the finals before. Kevin Durant can lead you to the Western Conference Finals anymore. The Wizards have never even made it to the Conference Finals. And they haven't made the playoffs in the past, what, two, three seasons? I mean, there's differences. Well, no, he's not in in that tier with Kevin Durant. I mean, the comparables I use, there's there's three of them. There's, There's Paul Pierce before the big three trade happened. Because a lot of people forget Paul Pierce, that those Paul Pierce Celtics teams were terrible. Yeah, they were. He was averaging yeah. 20, he was averaging 25 a game in an era where, you know, that's like averaging 35 now. You know, he was averaging 25 a game back in the early, you know, you know, the early 2000s and the Celtics was winning like 20 games. And he yeah. was in like year eight, year nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obviously clear frustration. There was clear trade rumors and speculation. And then the big three trade happened. And that first year happened, you know, the very first year they acquired those guys, they won the title. 
And Paul Pierce, I think, was 30. You know? So, and then you have uh, Dirk Nowinski. But I think with that, that team, that situation, the Mavs were always good. He was always knocking on the door. They were always a top four seed. He would just go out in the first round, second round, and people was calling him soft. And in 2011, he finally broke through. You know, it, I mean, it took a, a all-time choke job by LeBron, but he broke through without another all-star. Uh, and then you have Tracy McGrady. You know, the, the Tracy the Orlando Magic, <laughs> the T-Mac Orlando teams where, you know, it was just one man, band man. He never really got the help because Grant Hills stayed hurt, you know, and it just never materialized. And then once he went to Houston, the injuries took the toll. So I don't know. I don't know what that, what the future means. And then maybe Kobe, the Kobe situation after he got rid of Shaq. Because once he got rid of Shaq, I mean, I don't think they won more than 40-some games after that until the Pau Gasol trade happened. You know, so here you have Kobe at 29 years old, like, losing, playing with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown. And then, you know, you probably remember the the infamous (laughs) – when he got on the Stephen A. show asking for a trade. And then I think, like, the next month happened – was the Kwame Brown deal. And, you know, Stephen A just, I mean, just, he just dog poor Kwame. But, uh, yeah, and then he won a title. He won his two rings without Shaq. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what the future holds. I can't, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think there is still time. But it's not, for me, it's definitely not going to happen under Tommy Shepard and Scott Brooks. Like, that has to change. Yeah, um... I would agree with that. And I think that's a good place to uh, leave off. And if you've listened this far, thank you. But um, tomorrow we will be having Chase Hughes on from NBC Sports Washington, who maybe can give us a little bit more insight on some of the stuff that we're talking about here today. But um, do you have any more thoughts uh, before the Trailblazers game tonight or before we get out of here? Uh, It should be a good game. Hopefully, hopefully we get, uh, the rest we got versus the next game. Because if we do, they got a shot of winning it. Because I think CJ is still out. And obviously, they don't have uh, Nurkic right now. So, Blazers are vulnerable, man. It's better win this so, game. Oh, so McCollum's not playing. Nah, he out. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. Yep, yep, oh, yep. Well, that kind of takes the fun out of it. Oh, well, um, hopefully they can still go out there and get a win. But we're going to go ahead and get out of here now. And like I said, we'll have Chase Hughes on the show tomorrow. And we will get that out to you guys tomorrow evening at some point. But thank you for listening to this episode today. We will see you next time.